Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. This is Bob Tannum in the garden on Talk Radio 560 KSF. That's been going on in your garden that you're not sure about. You can uh, give us a try here and give us a call at 415-808-5600. That's 415-808-5600. And so uh, you'll be talking to Anthony this morning. Uh, we have a little stand-in from for, for David this morning because he's out. But uh, we've got Anthony, and he's doing a great job, of course. <laughs> he knows this business more than I do, so we'll see how this goes. All right, so um, 808-5600, all of your gardening questions, regardless if they're indoors or out, uh, give me a try, and we can figure out what's going on, I hope. Uh, other than that, yesterday, no, ooh, Friday, Friday, I took the... I played hooky for my, my daytime job. That was fun. And then I went to the San Francisco Orchid Show, which if you know, if you want to escape the weather today, bring an umbrella. It's going to be wet. You have to park pretty far away because the park is always very busy and hard to park. Um, the park is hard to park. Yeah, San Francisco, you know, that park. Uh, and it's over where the Hall of Flowers, uh, I guess they call it the San Francisco uh, Fair County Fair Building. Uh, so that's really, really close, actually, to 19th, 19th, um, 19th Avenue and Lincoln. So it's not that hard to find. Um, but, of course, parking. But anyway, I, I said that a couple times. Um, anyway, it's really cool. I mean, the, the big part of it, of course, is the sales. Um, there are orchids from around the world there, and they have them for sale and you can walk off and, you know, just spend your last paycheck. That was easy to do for me. So uh, I, <laughs> it was um, kind of cool where you could actually get some of these really unique orchids that you just don't see at your local uh, stores, at, at you know, anywhere. And really vivid colors uh, and some very multi good multicolored uh, plants as well. And phalaenopsis that have striations through them that are just beautiful and, and that type of thing. I did put some um, a little video together of of some you know eye candy uh, orchid eye candy on the website bobtanum.com so you can take a look at that um, and that's under places I've been I think I'm still trying to figure out how to develop that page every time I try to put something up on that page it comes up with something complicated and and I sit there and I go ah forget it and then I go I move on but I got two videos that seem to want to play side by side on a desktop and. That's about as best I could do for now, but they're pretty pictures. And um, so just about 30 pictures up there. And then, of course, there is always the the, um, the Facebook page. I have actual still shots uh, that came out pretty well. Um, but it was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed the entire day. Um, got to have a little, little tour from um, Dr. Jeff Harris. He was on last weekend. Uh, last Sunday, he was my guest on the show. And uh, he just kind of introduced me around to different places and you know, he was uh, just, you know, trying to tell me the story behind everything. One of those stories was that there's a great book out there that I'm going to have as a guest coming up, hopefully, um, if, by Mary Gerritsen. She wrote this book called A Bay Area Guide to Orchids and Their Culture. So if you've got problems with your orchid, if you've got 
Fascination with Orchids. This is a book to get. This will tell you exactly which orchids really should be growing in inside, which ones should be growing in a cold, cool greenhouse, uh, which ones can grow just fine anywhere outside, maybe in the trunk of a tree, um, you know, or, or the, what they call the crotch of the tree, and which orchids really need a warm greenhouse. So they're all varied, and it really covers the gambit with flowers and a whole bunch of great information. So uh, you might want to look for that book. It's uh, by Mary Gerritsen, G-E-R-R-I-T-S-E-N, uh, and it's called A Bay Area Guide to Orchids, Their Culture. So if you've got problems, that's that's the, that's the book I would grab. <laughs> uh, she's also probably going to be on... Um, well, I don't know when we haven't we haven't made a, a thing, but she's also part of the um, uh, conservatory, uh, which goes around. It's part of a, a worldwide group of Orchid Conservation Alliance, so uh, that'll be coming up. And so we talked to her, and we talked to the um, instructor at the uh, community college in San Francisco, who also is avid um, greenhouse growing. Uh, they have a landscape program there. Um, I think that's the, the general way of it. And I know there's other colleges that do as well, um, but the San Francisco Community College is struggling. So if you've got any any extra pocket change, so to speak, you might want to take a look at donating to their program there. So that was really fun. I was It was nice to, to meet that instructor. But the displays are gorgeous. So they're all around that first room. And uh, the um, the San Francisco uh, Conservatory had a display. There's large houseplants in there, and of course their orchid uh, collection. The Symbidium Orchid Society had their collection, and and the the, the Lady Slipper Orchid Society <laughs> that's a fancy name too uh, had their collection as well. So you can see all these Lady Slipper orchids all together in very very fascinating colors. So that was really fun. So today's the last day. I think they close at four. Uh, so if you're interested, you want to head over to San Francisco, and they open at 10. Um, so that's at the Hall of Flowers. You can't find it that way under Google, by the way. It's got to be, a, I think you have to put in the, the San Francisco, um, uh, what is it, San Francisco uh, County Fair building. Yeah, so I tried Hall of Flowers, and well wanted to get me all the way to San, you know, to Santa Rosa, and I went, not that one. <laughs> I've been there. That, not that one. I don't want to go there. So anyway, um, I am not just talking about orchids this morning. If you don't want to, I can I can talk about citrus if you want. I can talk about other evergreens and, or not so evergreen plants, trees, shrubs, fruit. Eight zero eight five six zero zero, and another guest I'm going to be coming up with uh, probably maybe even as soon as next week or the week after. I'm going to have Ed Livo back on, and he's a he's a fruit tree expert. So. If you have fruit tree issues that I can't answer, maybe we can hold off and talk to Ed when he comes on. Uh, he doesn't know yet that I'm going to ask him to be on. So, <laughs> But he's one of my good friends, so I, I like having him on, and he's really an expert for fruit trees. Um, and he's with Tomorrow's Harvest. So if you're interested in getting a fruit tree that you can't find locally, try Tomorrow's Harvest. I still am looking for a um, person who's an expert in grapes. I was hoping for the Rare, Fu Rare Fruit Growers Association. Um, they uh, have an event, I think, or they had an event yesterday. The local one up in Santa Rosa had one on the Cyan Exchange, and there are multiple, multiple uh, groups of the 
uh, California Rare Fruit Growers. They also have a main website, which is just the letters, California Rare Fruit Growers. Yeah, crfg.org. And uh, if you have a local chapter that you want to look for, that you're looking for, say, for instance, sign wood for a particular apple that you'd wanted to grow, or if you have a, a, you know, a regular flowering plum tree and you want to make a fruiting plum tree and you wanted some sign wood, I think you can do that. I'm not positive. Don't quote me on that, but they can tell you how. And uh, so that's C like in Charlie, R like in rare. F like in fruit and G like in grower. So California, rarefruitgrowers.org, C-R-F-G. So um, that's a very, very powerful website as well as the San Francisco Orchid Society, which is orchidsanfrancisco.org. Yeah, I know. Everything's online these days. What do you want me to do? (laughs) A lot of good stuff is out there. Um, Another thing I wanted to mention is the deer book. Um, that we have for sale. Now, the reason I mention that is because, um, you know, we have limited, well, we have a limited amount of them. We have a large amount of them, but we have a limited amount. And I know some people were talking about that uh, a couple weeks ago, um, deer resistance, what do you plant? And my dad's field field guide is the best there is. It's um, It may only be the list of names, but it's well organized and you can take it to the nursery. You can take a look at plants online that way as well. See how they grow, see what conditions they need and uh, go for there and plant your garden with California natives and other plants that the deer won't bother um, that can allow you to enjoy your garden as well as the deer will enjoy walking by and finding someone else's garden. I had a herd of deer uh, when I was leaving the station um, last week Uh, my station here at the house. Um, And uh, it was like seven deer that were crossing the road, staring at me and going, what? And I'm like, oh, that reminds me, I said (laughs) to myself. Anyway, that uh, people would be looking for that booklet. So there's information on our website at bobtanum.com. And uh, yeah, that's about it. All right, we're going to take a break and I'm expecting your phone calls to be bad. To be coming in, 415-808-5600. That's 415-808-5600. And we'll be back after these messages. Good morning, Edie. Thank you so much for the show. I'm uh, really enjoying the new format. Um, I have two quick questions. One, I have received an amaryllis flower at Christmas, and it's finished blooming the bulb is coated in wax. That was part of the like the way it came, right? And um, and no, there's no water, there's no soil around it, just this wax. So what do I do with it now? And um, do I store it till next year, or do I plant it? What do I do? Do I take the wax off? What do I do with that? Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I've no, you know missed the wax part of the the nursery selling thing but um I would like it to dissolve and I'm not sure if it's going to so I think what I would do is go ahead and plant it in a pot outside go ahead and put it in a like a six inch container with dirt as if it were not coated with wax okay so you've got the greenery the stalk of it left not the the flower really um but the greenery should still be on the plant it is 
Okay. So I would, I put it outside in the coldest weather you can find. It's fine. Um, and let it die, die down. And, and that, uh, you know, the bulb can be slightly above the soil that you put it in and then watch it, uh, through, and this will give you one way of knowing whether or not that wax is going to dissolve. It's got to dissolve in order for the roots to be allowed to get into the dirt, right? And if that wax doesn't dissolve, that's a whole nother problem, and and the bulb will just die and soften. Um, I don't can't I, I you know I mean I guess um, I peel it, the wax. Off? I guess I would want to know, right? Uh huh. Whether so or not it's going to. Do you think I should peel the wax off and try and plant the bulb that way? If you can peel it off without damaging the bulb. My imagination sometimes comes to the point where if you try to peel it off, some of the bulb comes with it and, oh, yeah, and you yeah, don't yeah. want that. Okay. Yeah. So okay. you, you want to be real careful with that. Um, okay. If it's soft enough of a wax that it does feel like you got less wax and more bulb in the, you know, bulb skin, then you should be able to either peel it off or, or test the bottom to see if okay. you can kind of get to the place where it will be um, okay. exposing its roots at the bottom to, to soil. Okay. And that's right. what you want to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, um, thank you. And then the second question is, I have um, a burr clover weed in my lawn. Is it too late mm. to treat that with a weed and feed? Um, because it's already started, you know, it's already started coming up with... Uh, Growing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Growth. Yeah, no, the weed and feed should actually work. Um, I, you know, pre-seeder weed is a different story altogether. I had that in my brain. Uh, but a weed and feed probably would work. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a chemical. So yeah. be cautious with it to make sure you don't end up with a lot of water runoff. Right, um, right. you know, if we're going to get a lot of rain today, then that would not be a good idea, yeah, but no, a soft right. rain following an application would be okay. Okay. All right. Very good. Yeah. All right, Edie. But, very good. Thank you so yeah. much. I really appreciate your help and um, good luck with the show. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. <laughs> I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. All right. Um, I don't know if we have any callers. I guess I could refresh this and double check. But it uh, looks like no callers. Is that right, Anthony? Yeah, just Cynthia for now. Okay, great. All right. We're, yeah, we're really. Um, got it. We didn't feed. Okay. Oh, and I, you know, since I did have um, the uh, pre-seeder weeder on my brain, um, uh, just because um, the the opportune time to put that down is in the fall so that you can actually make a block before the rains hit that would cause the seeds themselves from the plant above not to be able to germinate. It kind of creates a barrier. But this time of year, I'm not sure if that could uh, slow down some of the extra you know stuff that's going on or seeding because there's not a lot dropping down. There's a lot coming trying to come up. Um, you know, but by now I think they're almost all coming up already. So that preceder weeder would not work. Uh, but a lawn weed and seed, um, probably would work. I don't like it, but you know, what are you going to do? It's a lawn. Uh, 
Yeah, so that's another thing I'd like to bring up. I'm a, a proponent for no lawns and uh, creating gardens in the front yard, unless you have, um, you know, people who use the lawn for recreational uses. I don't see a need for it, but that's me. You can just, you you can just, you know, whatever that is that you do. When my dad used to mention cats, you can do that. You can, you can email me. Um, but I'm into having, uh, you know, food in the front yard, if possible. Um, I know some homeowner situations won't allow that. Um, and I'll be moving into this mobile home and yeah, there'll be things I won't be able to do <laughs> that I would like to do. Uh, with my, with my front little, I got what I've got, like, I got a foot and a half of kind of ground, uh, that is not empty. It's got two big evergreen trees in it that I'm sure my dad said, don't touch them, you know? And I'm like, I want them out of here. You know, <laughs> I'd like to replace them with, um, two Luther Burbank grapes that I was able to get my hands on. Um, and I'd like to grow them on a trellis in, in front of the windows. I think that would be wonderful. I love grapevines. Uh, I think they're they're beautiful, evergreen, you know, uh, uh, deciduous vines. Um, and then put some other flowers, of course, in the pots that, that he has always had there. And uh, maybe that will stop these evergreens from trying to come up into the pots if I can kill those evergreens. You know. uh, the one's an Alberta spruce. I'm sure it was somebody's Christmas tree a long time ago. And they decided to plant it in their little section in the front of the house. And, uh, yeah, it's not my favorite. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, well, maybe I'll sculpt it, maybe I'll prune it, but that's not really my, my, you know, trick either. So we'll see how that works. Um, but our call in numbers are 415-808-5600. That's what we're doing. All right. Uh, well, yeah, we've got a call in line one. Uh, welcome. I don't have your name. <laughs> Hi, how can I help you? Yeah, yeah, Frank and San Leandro. How you doing, Edie? Oh, perfect. I'm good. How are you? Thanks. Good. Yeah, Catoni Aster, Cotton Easter ground cover. Is it mm-hmm. okay for the colder weather? I've got I've got some planted. It'll be okay with the colder weather. Or is it, yeah, is it so okay? it'll be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can take some frost. The one thing it you know, I mean, it doesn't like a lot of excess water, which of course we're having that as well. So you want to make sure uh, that yeah. there is plenty of drainage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, on a, it's on a hill, so it drains. It's on a hill, so it drains okay. pretty good. And and what right. about fruit tree fertilizer with this rain? Okay, to spread it out with the rain and yes. let it soak in. Yeah, chicken manure and alfalfa pellets, absolutely. Uh, if you want to use a granule, ever you know, organic, um, you could put that as well. But I would kind of wait until the leaves, the flowers fall, and the leaves start to form. So don't do any fertilizing for now. Let this let it go by in the rain for a while here. Yeah, well, the chicken manure would be okay. That would be the the most I would give it as you. far as boost. Yeah, and then okay. the alfalfa pellets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Yes, okay, thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Good. All right, thanks. All right, and we have another caller. Um, oh, there we go. Ray from Saratoga. Good morning, Ray. Hi, Edie. I need girl. I need your help. My daughter escaped California for Idaho, and I have Uh-oh. her, her <laughs> lemon tree, her apricot tree, her orchid. I have other plants that we need to to Idaho, but I need someone who will help me about what to do. 
as far as the, the weather there is different, it's freezing and mm-hmm. right now. And also mm-hmm. the lawns are all dry and mm-hmm. brown. So I really need right. somebody to give me some idea what to do. In Idaho? Yes, they, have, they need to go to Idaho. It's her favorite lemon tree, by the way. Okay. And they're in, they're so, in pot. Oh, that's good. Uh, the, yeah, that's one one le- one less thing to worry about is transplant if, if they're already in containers. Um, what's a, what's extremely important uh, with the citrus in areas where they have very long winters that are snowbound uh, or extreme cold? You know, which you know Montana, Idaho, that whole section of states all the way uh, all the way through the center, Nebraska, and all those areas are very 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 cold in the winter. And the best thing to do is to bring those indoor and treat them as a house plant um, and with as much light as possible. Of course, that's very difficult because you've got, you know, uh, you've got double pane glass everywhere as well, which doesn't mm-hmm. let in as much light. Another thing that you could combat that with is perhaps grow light in the winter. So for her, I would bring that over there, leave it outside probably um, no earlier than late April. She can mm-hmm. probably put it outside in April. Uh, she could acclimate it in the garage in um, probably in the month of April. And then mm-hmm. by the end of April, she could probably start to move it outside. Not to shock it during those times, but she's going to be moving it a lot. You know, leave it outdoors until the first, um, you know, weather starts to get to probably uh, 40 degrees outdoors. You know, if it's going to dip into 40 degrees, then it should come back inside, uh, mm-hmm. at least to the garage, you know, um, you know, with grow light or, or in and out daily. Um, and then back indoors for the winter months, you know, from, um, uh, yeah, November all the way through uh, late April. You know, that kind of thing. So that's the best thing for citrus. It's going to be very difficult because she may not have any pollination. Um, it's going to be hard to get the, the plant pollinated because it wants to bloom earlier than that. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's a few things that are difficult. If it blew, if it's more ever blooming, you know, like a Myers, Myers lemon might be, then she may get, she may get some, um, but she might be best off taking those flowers and using a paintbrush and going from flower to flower. It's oh. self-pollinating, but usually the bees are a big help. And if there's no bees indoors, she can't, which I don't <laughs> advise really anyway, <laughs> what about I would say orchids? she might need to what, self-pollinate. What about her orchid? What, what type of orchid does she have? Cymbidiums? Cymbidium. Mm-hmm. Um, cymbidiums, I probably... You know, and, and of course, the other thing that she might do there in Idaho is create an outdoor greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Right? So the cymbidiums will take very similar weather to the citrus. Okay. So it would be exactly the same same treatment to the citrus versus the cymbidium. You bring them indoors if it gets if it's going to be snowbound. Um, although cymbidiums can take it a little bit colder without. A whole lot of detriment but when the flowers freeze you don't get the flower mm-hmm. so you've got to bring them indoors before that point um so they might take it longer but i wouldn't forget about them <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you there know, are we, a you have a do you have somebody who could refer me to somebody there who could also help me with lots of other questions in idaho i don't 
I don't know of anyone specifically, um, but I've got ways of getting a hold of me in case somebody else does have some family friends and landscape family friends in Idaho. Um, And I know there's some transplant, other transplants there too, you know, other people that have transplanted Idaho from here and have gorgeous gardens. In fact, my friend's uh, sister, I think, moved there. Uh, Holly, hello. Oh. (laughs) But my friend Anne might know Holly, who knows her sister anyway. So that might be a a, a possibility. They may know someone. So um, get a hold of me by email, and that would be by... Let's see, it's E-D-I-E at bobtanum.com. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Yeah. And then uh, you can always go to the website if you forget that. Bobtanum.com is the website, and that's easy enough as well. I do occasionally get my father's email, bobtanum at aol.com, but I can't get a whole lot of pictures there, and I'm not here to download that very often. Or do I have very much patience with AOL versus ATT to download those? There? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the world's got to go 5G, I guess. I don't know. Uh, one of those no, things. No. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> Your dad would not be happy. <laughs> no, not at all. I know. these uh, The advances are, are getting rid of the past too fast, and we need the past because I'll exactly. tell you. He would, yeah. he would say that. He would say that. Yep, he would. All right, great. Okay, okay so I'm we're so good. And yeah, and I I'm will and do get a hold of me that way. All right, perfect. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. And uh, 808-5600 is the number, 415 area code. This is Bob Tannum in the Garden with Edie Tannum. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560. And, uh, yeah, we've got calls. Here we go. Uh, Louise from Oakland, you have a question about some trees. How yes, can I help you? good morning. I have the same question about two different trees. I have some very old trees. Uh, they're not fruit trees. They were in the ground, I guess, 60 or 70 years ago. The problem is that I'm having some roots from those trees that are growing above ground, and I'd like to know if I can cut the roots off. That's interesting. Do you know what kind of trees they are? Evergreens or deciduous or conifer? They just are green all the years. They've been there for about 60 years. And there's no Got fruit. It. They stay green all all year. Uh, but um, and I also have the same problem. I don't know if it's because of the drought that we've had, but also on my tulip tree, which is in a different area, it has uh, roots growing above the ground also. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to know if. Um, I didn't get too close to the tree. Can I cut them? I'm not, the roots are too large for me to get out of the ground. I'm just going to cut them off. Yeah, I would be very, very, very much on the side of not cutting a tree root. Um, I know some, some, some people have to do it in order to, to lay different foundations and that type of thing around the home. Um, you know, and they've had to cut tree roots before to do that. But in every case, uh, the tree suffers, especially if those are the drip line, uh, you know, 
plants. And so in other words, how large the tree is in circumference, say, for instance, it's a, a magnolia or something like that, that's around 10 feet wide. If you go down from that foliage down to that root area that is there, those are the feeder roots. Those are the most important roots. The roots mm-hmm. next to the trunk necessarily are not as important, but they connect <laughs> to those feeder roots, which are on that right. edge. And right. beyond that edge isn't as important. Say, for instance, these these roots are, are 20 feet away from the trunk. Well, yeah, exactly. you can cut those. That's yeah. not a problem. Yeah. Oh, that okay. No that, that's where they are. They're far away from the tree. Mm-hmm. I just wanted yeah. to know, like I said, I'm not going to try to take them up because they're too large. But right. I just right. wondered if I could cut them because they'll take over mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, I've had that in my backyard, and I have chopped through many, many roots that way, and and the tree's just fine. Uh, But it does have to be away from those feeder roots, which is, as I say, the circumference of those branches. As far out as those branches, straight down, those are the roots not to to touch. Okay, Um, thank you. Yeah, but further away, it's great. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's Mm -hmm. go to Ed in, yeah, let's go to Ed in Danville. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Edie. Hello. Um, Hi. I have a question about uh, blue spruce uh, or Alberta spruce trees. Um, Mm -hmm. How often do you fertilize and when do you fertilize? Well, because they're evergreen, and generally speaking, they'll put out new growth in the springtime, and they'll do their little candles, um, they are generally going to feed almost throughout the whole year. So quite a little bit like citrus they could be fed mildly all the way through um if you want to do just a couple of times a year then i'd say maybe do some chicken manure with alfalfa pretty much every tree can take that right um through and banana peels by the way i love banana peels anyway oh i forgot them at home darn it okay never mind um (laughs) you can you can actually feed them uh coming spring coming like late half half a summer and then right before fall Three times of the year, you could actually give them a good, good, powerful minimum feed. If you wanted to do a little bit more, then you could feed them once a month with an evergreen fertilizer um, that's organic, that's very, very low in the numbers, so that you don't push too much new growth before the hot sun in the summer. Okay. In the past, we used some uh, wedges, like you hammer in the ground, and these Ooh. didn't help at all. No, there there's chemical and they don't really do what they don't feed the plant where it needs food. So yeah, you again, know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, the yeah, the tree spikes. Yeah. Yeah. I used to sell yeah, them. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> they yeah. were the quick and easy way of fertilizing trees. I mean, just like Osmocote is for growers. Um I don't know what that was. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. <laughs> Must okay. be your phone. All right. Yeah, I know. It never rings, and then there you are. Um, Okay, anyway, so what I was saying. Oh, the tree spikes, I don't like. They're chemical. Why why bother when you can just as easily, in this rain system that we're having, which, you know, you could even do them now, spread an organic evergreen um, fertilizer out and around the trees, and then you should be fine. Can you give me some examples, like what to buy? Well, I like E.B. Stone. Uh, and I like Dr. Earth and I like um, Garden and Bloom. 
those three fertilizer names are all over the place out there. Um, there are so many different organic uh, fertilizers now. But those three uh, names are... Yeah, for for evergreen trees. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. So it's important, you know, and the other name for the the general group, of course, common name would be conifers. So any fertilizer that would be good for conifers would be great for this guy. Okay. Now I have an unrelated yeah. question. How do people uh -huh. in other states listen to you on Sundays? Well, there's actually a... Um, when they go to the bobtanum.com website, they have a link to the ksfo.com website, <laughs> and they can actually listen live. Okay, because I, I'm, when we're out of town, we'd like to continue to listen, and I oh, don't great. know how to do that. Okay. Yeah, so great. all you have to do is have a good internet connection either on your phone. Um, even my husband listens to me while he's working on Sunday mornings after I've left the house and gone over to my dad's here. And, uh, you know, I do the show from the studio here, uh, you know, but not far from home, but far enough. And it's all hooked up. So, but yeah, so, so that's the best way that you, you can, he listens on his phone every once in a while or in the car, you know, but yeah, so that would be the best way is to go to ksfo.com when you're out of town. Okay. And there's and, podcasts uh, as well. So if you miss it, you can listen to it um, after the show is done and over, usually one or two days later. The show on Sunday will be able to be played also on KSFO.com. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, do you still uh, check Bob's mail, email? I mean, um, I remember he used to check it like three times a day. Uh, oh, yeah. He had a lot of garbage, I'll tell you. Uh, but um, I don't get the AOL.com more than once, maybe twice a week. Um, so I'd prefer to go Edie at BobTanum.com. I get that daily. Oh, and I okay. do check it multiple times during the day. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I was in, like, in a company, and I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah, and... Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that... Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. All right. Very good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Thanks, Ed. Let's go to Sue from Fremont. Good morning, Sue. Hi, Edie. Um, this has to do with um, a couple of fava bean plants um, that are coming up from a planting last year. And I didn't plant them for the beans. I planted them for um, the nitrogen, um, uh -huh. I think. <laughs> so yeah. uh -huh. they're about six inches up right now. Um, so sh when should I dig them under? Or what do well, I do? Well, what, yeah, so what is going to be your first um, crop that you want to actually plant? Um, I just want to plant the plant for for the nitrogen. Like tomatoes? Oh, I meant I meant when you're spring and summer, what did you want to plant in the spring and summer? Okay, well, I plant tomatoes. I plant the Juliet okay. tomato. Yeah, mm -hmm. and okay. um, this year okay. I'm going to plant some beets. Okay, 
Okay, so the beets could go in sooner. So that would be the the thing to do is I, I would probably let the fava beans get up to about a foot. Okay. So foot. they should be shooting up pretty quickly. Okay. And then go ahead and uh, chop them off at the soil, lay them on top if you want to do no-till, or turn them okay. under at that time. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then let them rest, add a little chicken manure, and then in, uh, about two or two or yeah, about two weeks later, you can start the the um, the beet seeds. Okay. That's great. Okay. All, right. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, thank you, thank Sue. You so much. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, everyone, for calling in this morning. Um, we're going to take Sandy after our break. We'll take our break now. And then uh, more callers, if you got them, it's uh, 808-5600. And my call screen is broken, so I might say, hello, how are you? And you'll have to tell me who you are. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560 KSFO. Let's see, where did I go? Uh, this would be Sandy from Sunnyvale, correct? It is. Good morning. There. Um, Good morning. I was wondering, and um, I don't think I want to wait till next week. And um, I have a grape that needs to be trimmed, and I'm just mm-hmm. wondering how. How? Well, how do you have these supported? It's Are not. they vining up over a? It's it's actually um, um, it's falling down on. It's old and I didn't support it ever, and it fell down. And some of the um, mm, tails stems mm-hmm. have have gone onto the um, uh, the back fence, mm-hmm. and I could okay. I could. Um, nail those up. Last year, it had a ton of grapes. Oh wow! Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, shocked. Absolutely shocked. Every time I I moved uh, the branches, oh my gosh, there's another bunch of them. So oh, wow. that's wonderful. I just would like to do something nice for it this year. <laughs> Since I it paid you so well for everything, neglect. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. So grapevines are kind of interesting, and I need to know more about grapes. Honestly, I'm going to be learning as I go along. But the um, the fields bring their grapes down, you know, quite a lot every year, so that they go back to the trellis. Um, you know, those little crossed. Um, you know, they come up from the base and they're arms are crossed and go straight out on each side. So in your situation where you don't really have a trellis support in place, uh, how close are they to that fence? The base is like a foot away. Okay, so they're very close. Very okay. close. Yeah. All right. So it you can definitely bring it back. So it's completely naked now, right? Mm-hmm. Um Better time to do it is a little bit earlier, but we, we still have time because it's frigid out there. Um, go ahead and bring it down. I would say you can bring about, bring about um, oh gosh, I think you'd leave about one, two, uh, once it hits the fence and I would stretch it out on the fence, but I would probably cut it down so that it's no farther than five feet 
along the fence. So it's so in other words, you, you get maybe about three feet up, and then you go out five feet on each end, and then cut off everything else. Oh. Oh. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was going to cut it all the way down to the to its base. I think in this situation, since it has not been done um, in the past, that it would be too dramatic for the plant. Next year, we may count it down to three feet. Okay. But this year, I'm thinking five feet would be about right. All right. Because it sounds like it's really big like that. Okay, perfect. perfect. Is that about a third of the growth? Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, good. A um, third to a half. Mm-hmm. And for for grape leaves, mm-hmm. I'd like to learn to stuff grape leaves. Okay. Is there a certain time of the year to pick them? I think it's in the spring, but let's. I don't know the answer to that one, um, but I'm going to find out. <laughs> uh, yes, your your um, your man is on next week, right? Uh, oh, you mean Ed Livo? Yeah. Um, he's doesn't do grapes. He he honestly doesn't do grapes. He's I've been trying to get somebody from UC Davis on to talk about grapes, but that has not been uh, I haven't gotten that event advantage yet. But oh. I'm going to ask around, and I'm going to get somebody on grapes on. Um, I I wish it was going to be next week, but I huh, I have such a frustration with that. Um, but. I also will have a chance to do some reading, you know, as well Perfect. as uh, reaching out to some friends. Absolutely. And then it. we'll find out when to harvest grape, grape leaves for rolling and cooking. Yes. Great. I, can I ask you one more question? Sure. Uh-huh. I have a avocado tree. Okay. Well, not a tree. <laughs> okay. Like a little bush. Okay. It's under, it's just about five foot. Mm-hmm. And it was in a pot for a long time, mm-hmm. um, and then it was given to me. Have no idea what it is, um, and I placed it in the ground last year. Okay. No, year before last. Sorry, year before mm-hmm. last. When do you think it's going to grow up to be a tree? It kind of depends on the variety. And the stunted growth that it's had being in a container that long, right? Um, but it may not have been started as a graft. Uh, it, and that would be a very tricky situation. If it's a natural from the seed pod avocado, it's got to be at least seven years old. And the, the fruit from it is not necessarily very uh, yummy. I mean, it, it could be. Um, but it could also be very small fruits that are, uh, you know, not your typical avocado that you want. You might look into some sign wood um, coming up this, this the next couple of months uh, with the rare fruit growers or a local nursery. Uh, they may have um, branches that you could buy uh, that you could graft on there. If that's too heady, which it is for me. I've never grafted anything in my life. Um, you, you might, uh, you know, start feeding it a lot this spring, um, coming with the, uh, you know, with the, the um, citrus food, uh, the organic stuff. Make sure you don't miss feeding it every month um, and try to get seven years out of it so that you can see what kind of fruit it does give. But that's about the time limit, you know, uh, and sometimes 
when you have an avocado in the pot, may or may not have survived the graft. The graft may or may not have survived. So then you have to wait for the rootstock to actually bloom and fruit, and that can take some time. I I understand. Mm -hmm. And do I feed it this month? Yes, every single month of the year. Go ahead and feed it the organic, which is low in nitrogen, so it doesn't push out a lot of the new growth to freeze, right? Um, Organic fertilizer once a month throughout the whole year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. All right. Thank you very much. much. All right. We're going to take a break, and then hopefully we'll have time for Linda, but we'll see. All right. Uh, holding on. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560. I'm well. Thank you, Edie. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. I have started lemon cucumbers outdoors in a, shall we say, a pseudo greenhouse. Mm-hmm. They're up. And I have black plastic on my garden area trying to warm the dirt up. And I'm wondering how how tall do these cucumbers have to be before I can plant them outside? And can you give me some kind of a, a date that would be safe to put them outside in a pseudo greenhouse? Mm-hmm. By that, I mean I have a wire basket that they are going to be um Climbing on, on, and I put a plastic cover over that, plastic bags, actually. Okay. And then the seedlings are underneath that or in a a potted area or in a plant? They're They're in a pot? They're (laughs) in a little pot right now, but I want to know when I can take them out of the pot and put them into the garden itself. Are you going to leave the black plastic on the soil? Oh, no. And just poke a hole? Okay. I I do right. have I do have some squares that I plant the the uh, seedlings not seedlings but the little plants in so well yes there will be black plastic around the the base okay real quick the- because uh, we're going to be cut off here in a second right. um, yeah I would say the, the last half of March is probably safe or right after Easter um, that would be the safest time to actually you know bite the bullet and put put them in the ground. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.